Anxiety Island. Watch as challengers compete head-to-head. Okay, guys. Today your challenge is to make a phone call to customer service on a limb. I'm out. Why? Come to grips with their ultimate fears. In this challenge, we will be using this because we are taking a answer number three to find out our who final challenge will make it off is karaoke anxiety island need a better way to get off anxiety island are you struggling with anxiety because of the pandemic we're here for you join us at the jar community church starting october 24th at 9 or 10 45 a.m at the muncie civic theater or live stream at thejar.org as we look at real ways to deal with anxiety I'm sorry, that's the best we could do, okay? Uh, yeah, there's some that are very excited. Hey, wasn't that hilarious? And uh, we really are looking forward to October uh, 24th and to help people really be able to kick anxiety off the island. Uh, the past 18 months, there's no doubt that it has affected our entire culture. It has increased so much anxiety in people's lives. And we want to help people to know how to release their anxiety to God and to be able to experience uh, his peace. And so that's what we're going to be teaching. That's what we're going to be encouraging uh, people to be a part of. And so uh, what do we need from you? What we need you to do is invite people to come. Your friends, uh, family members, co-workers, neighbors who are disconnected from Christ or the church, that you would actually invite them to come and to be a part of that. Now, uh, there are several different ways that you can do that. One is through Facebook. And for those of you that are on the stream, uh, you can do this right now if you want. Uh, the commercial is on the JAR Community Church Facebook page. Uh, you can simply go ahead and uh, place that on your page and share that uh, with anyone. If you're on Instagram, uh, you can share it by going to the Instagram page and uh, share our most recent post. Uh, on Instagram right now. And this is just a simple way that we're going to be able to express this to people who may have been battling some severe cases of anxiety over the past few months. Now, some of you are like, I don't do Facebook. I don't do Instagram. Well, in your program, each one of you received a little card. Uh, just invite someone uh, for them to come. And uh, what I'd like you to do right now is we're actually going to give you some time uh, to do that. So you can pull out your device. Uh, so if you've had it open already, go ahead and do that. I'm going to pull out mine. And uh, whether you want to send it on Facebook or Instagram or if you want to just send a text, I'm going to send a text to my person. Uh, we're going to give you some time uh, to do that right now. So we'll give you some mood music. And uh, for those of you who are on the stream, like I said, go ahead, join us as well. And uh, pull out your advice, uh, put this on Instagram, Facebook, or send a text uh, to someone real quick to invite them.
really do believe that God is going to work in a really cool way uh, on the 24th and throughout the spiritual growth campaign to help all of us uh, grow uh, in this whole sense of overcoming our anxiety. Well, before we uh, jump into the teaching today, let's pray and uh, we'll get started. Well, God, we uh, thank you so much uh, for your goodness to us. And God, we thank you for uh, the creativity that you've given us as a church uh, to invite people who are disconnected from you uh, and your church to come and to connect. And so, God, we pray that between now and the 24th, these next couple of weeks, that you would help us to do our best inviting, that you would help us to encourage people who may have been struggling with anxiety uh, in multiple different ways, and we all do to some extent, that they would come and that their hearts uh, would be opened as we invite them. Help us to do our best inviting, and then, God, would you soften their hearts to you. And now, God, we want to hear from you more than anything else, more than what your servant would say. We want to hear your voice, God. Move as only you can move so that your name would be made great. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. When I was in the eighth grade, I tried out for the basketball team. There were a hundred kids that went out. It was in Marion, Indiana, kind of the Mecca uh, in the eighties for basketball. And I was one of the 12 that actually made the team. I think we actually have a picture of me. Uh, if you look at it, I was number 32. You can tell because the Jersey was bigger than myself. Uh, and uh, I was the scrawniest kid on the team, but I made the team. And uh, there were two twins that were on the team as well. Uh, their names were Joey and Jamie. And their dad was one of the wealthiest guys uh, in Marion. They lived on a golf course. Uh, they had this huge home. And at the end of the year, we actually won uh, the city championship and they invited uh, all of the team to come. And so the day for the invitations came and each person got an invitation except for me. I was blackballed. I was snubbed. I was ignored. And I wasn't invited. Have you ever had that experience before where you were not invited to something? That everyone else was invited, but you weren't. You were passed over. You were left off the invitation list. Maybe it was a birthday party. Maybe it was a wedding. Uh, maybe it was some big event that everyone was going to, but you weren't invited. Maybe it wasn't something big at all. Maybe it was just something really, really small where everybody in the workplace says, hey, let's go out to lunch today, but... They didn't invite you. Maybe it's one of your kids who wasn't invited for something. And that feeling of being left out or ignored can be so painful and it can be so hurtful. I mean, the truth is, is that every single one of us wants to be invited. We hate to be ignored. And yet the reality is, is that there's often a tendency within us to give into the temptation of ignoring rather than inviting. And why is that? Why is it that even though we know we love to be invited to things, 
That many times instead of inviting, when it comes to reaching out to other people, when it comes to sharing our faith, when it comes to inviting them maybe to church, we have a tendency to pull back and to ignore instead. We settle for ignoring instead of living an invitational lifestyle. Well, I think Jesus knew that we would struggle with this kind of thing. And so one day he shared a story about how wide his welcome is. Because Jesus, more than anybody else, was the master of an invitational lifestyle. His story is found, the story we're going to look at today is found in Luke chapter 14. And one day Jesus is seated Around the table, let me give you a little background. He, he's seated around the table with a group of people called the Pharisees. Now, the Pharisees were the religious elite of Jesus' day. They were the Bible thumpers. They were the ones that were religiously going to tell people who was in and who was out. And they were not listening to Jesus, but they had a very, very narrow view of what the kingdom of God entailed. And so Jesus begins to tell them a story about what God's heartbeat is all about. When it comes to God, what does his heart beat for more than anything else? And in Luke chapter 14, starting in verse 16, Jesus says this. A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come for everything is now ready. In other words, the lamb is ready and the music is ready. The band is ready to go. The drinks are there. Everything is ready. Just come and see. And the scripture goes on. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Now, I don't know about you, but that last uh, uh, kind of, you know, excuse, I just got five yoke of oxen. Like, seriously? That's the excuse why you're not coming. It's like a person who says, hey, I got a new Harley Davidson, but I can't come. You know, it's like, we'll drive the Harley here. You know, like it doesn't matter. We should we should come and be a part of that. And then look at the next verse. It says this. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. I mean, he's already blaming his wife. Okay. It's like. Hey, the wedding day, and I'm going to blame somebody on this. Not good. And then the servant came back and reported this to his master. Hey, I invited all of your friends. I invited all of my friends. I invited everyone I knew. And the problem is they're making all kinds of excuses. Have any of you ever experienced that before? A couple weeks ago, I encouraged you to think about three people that you might invite on October 24th who's disconnected from Christ or the church. And have you ever had that experience before where you invited one person or two or three and they start making excuses of why they can't come? It, it happens to all of us at different times. 
Um, I just am asking you to come one time. Just check it out and see. And then they come up with the excuses. Well, you know, I sleep in on Sundays. Or I'm hanging out with my spouse this week. Or I'm painting my nails. Like, seriously, that's it? And we get these things happening. Now, in this parable, in the story, Jesus wants to teach you and me how God's invitation is very, very wide. So when the servant comes back and says to his friends, I can't come, the master says this, go out quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and bring in the poor and the crippled and the blind and the lame. He's like, go after them. The master says, go do this so that every servant goes and invites more people. He, he goes, he invites more. And some of them said they would come But the banquet hall, folks, was still not full. What I love about this part of the story is that what the master is trying to do is to expand the perspective on the servant's mentality of who should be invited. And that's what God is doing for you and for me today. He wants to expand our understanding of who it is that should be invited. And this kind of leads me to our big question this morning that I want each of you to think about, and I hope you'll answer. And the question is this, is how wide is your everyone? Now think about that. How wide is your everyone? The reality is, is that for most of us, our everyone simply includes... People who look like us, think like us, act like us, and vote like us. And if there's anyone else that looks different than that, they are not a part of the everyone. And Jesus said the everyone includes everyone, even the people that you don't like. There's a scripture in Romans 10 verse 13 that says this, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, Most people would look at this passage and say, well, the key word in this verse is the word saved. But I would challenge you, that's not the key word. Paul uses all of Romans to talk about salvation. The key word in this verse is the word everyone. In fact, if you would, just look to the person beside you and just say, everyone's invited. Go ahead, tell them. Say, everyone's invited. Yeah, everyone. Those of you that are on the stream not right now, type in, everyone's invited. Everyone is invited. So let me ask you this morning, how wide is your everyone? How wide is your welcome? Is it wide or does it tend to be very narrow? Well, in Jesus' story, the servant comes back to the master and he says this, Sir, what you ordered has been done, but there is still more room. He just keeps going back out and out. He's getting the crippled, the lame. He's trying to get everybody. There's still more room. Then the master told him, go. He says, you've been sent out to the roads and the country lanes and compelled them to come in so that my house will be, what's it say? Full. I love this. He says, go off to the far off places, the far roads. Go anywhere you can. There is still room for my house. 
There is more room than you can imagine. Go out to the alleys. Go to people who are standing alone. Go to people who are outside the church. Go to people who feel unseen, who are hurting, who are by themselves. Go and compel them to do this. Now, the reality is, is the word compel in this passage is very interesting. The definition for the word compel is this, a force that is greater than yourself to bring about something. That it's something bigger than yourself to bring about. Because if you believe in something very, very deeply, and it's personal to you, you are compelled to make sure that whatever that is, that it happens. Again, the master is there to expand our perspective on who is everyone. Who is it that is in the everyone? Now, this particular parable is called the parable of the great banquet. But this is not the only place where Jesus constantly shares to increase a person's everyone. There's another parable or another story in the Bible that Jesus gives, and it's called the parable of the sower. And you can look at it this week. We're not going to go through verse by verse it today, but it's in your program or it's on the app. And I strongly encourage you to look at it because Jesus is constantly saying, expand your everyone. Now, This story is about a farmer who sows some seeds. And the seed is important, but what's important also is the soil that the seed gets planted into. And the soil represents the hearts of people. Or you might say that the soil is about four different types of listeners. There are people who will receive the seed and hear it immediately. And there are also those who will kind of see the soil, or they are the soil, but they'll, they'll hear the seed, they'll experience the seed, but they're not quite ready to fully receive it. But what I want you to understand is this. You are not responsible for their response. Your response is simply to sow the seed. And our job is to not decide what the soil says. We are just to sow the seed. Your role is to be the farmer. Now, um, I don't know what I got on there. That's something weird. Anyways. Um, so there's, in this parable, there is a farmer and their seed. And what he challenges us to do is to do what a farmer does. And what a farmer does is they just sow seed. They scatter seed. They love to plant seed. They are regularly doing this time and time again. And Jesus says that your role and my role is to scatter the seed. 
And the reason they do this is because as they scatter the seed, they hope there'll be growth, they'll hope there'll be life, there'll be vegetation, there'll be something that happens because they choose to sow the seed. Um, My two daughters, uh, Jordan and Shiloh, when they were very little, they loved to go to weddings. And if there was a wedding, they were going to be there. And they enjoyed weddings so much that they would ask me regularly, Dad, can we go? Well, being a pastor, I've got a lot of weddings that I do and that I officiate at. And so I'd invite them to come. The only problem was for Jordan and Shiloh, they were not so excited about all of the ceremony. They were most excited what happened after when people would walk out the door and people would take bird seed and they would just like throw it uh, to people. And uh, they would throw it on the bride and the groom, and eventually they would get into their car, and that would be the day. But for Jordan and Shiloh, the one time I remember we were at a wedding, and everyone goes ahead, they throw the bird seed, they, they keep doing that, and then they walk out, and they get into their car, and they take off, and pretty soon what I start noticing is Jordan and Shire are taking all of the bird seed that they have, and they just like throw it up in the air. They just start picking it off the ground, and they start throwing it up in the air. They just loved so much being able to have fun and to scatter the seed. And I remember looking at that and thinking to myself that that's the kind of life I want. Like, I want to be the type of person who is not stingy with the seed, but is actually willing to just enjoy it and live in it and love it because of the importance of scattering seed. Now, some of you who are neat freaks right now are like, who's going to clean that up? That's why you don't have to worry about it. We've got people planned for that, okay? It just might be you. We don't know. And I love that image of my daughters taking the seed and enjoying it and living a life where you're constantly planting the seed. But the truth is, some of us actually believe this. We're fearful that the seed is going to run out. And so... When we first come to faith, we have a tendency to spread the seed very, very generously. But then over time, maybe we get rejected and we're like, "Ah, I don't know about that. I'm just going to go plant one seed right here. And I'll pat it down. And maybe I'll water it. But then eventually what happens is I'll walk away because I'm afraid that the seed will run out. And this is what I want to encourage you today, folks, is that God is not asking us to take one little bitty tiny seed and to place it over here. He wants us to be generous with it, to be generous, to be generous with everyone that we know that we would plant seeds. And this is the cool thing is that when you think you're getting low, what happens is God says, oh, no, 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 never runs empty. I have more grace than what you could ever experience. And I'll, I'll encourage you to plant it here and to plant it here and to plant it here. And the problem for many of us, though, is that we're not very liberal with who the everyone is sometimes. We want to be very 
very restricted on who everyone includes. And Jesus said, no, everyone includes everyone. Now, some of you might be asking, well, how do you do this, Chris? Like, how do I actually do this? And so I came up with kind of a phrase, uh, kind of a perspective of how you can do it. And we're going to look at an invitational lifestyle of things that you can do. Uh, The first kind of piece uh, of this is very, very simple, and it is to see the good. Um, The first part is to look for the good. You just look for the good in other people. That's your fill in there. Look for the good. What does that mean? Well, uh, I try to do this in every environment that I ever get into. I look at the room of the people around and I try to start looking for good. It doesn't matter where I am. I'm just looking for good. And then can I plant some seeds? Um, The first half of my life, I was so Christianized that it was really, really hard for me to see good in people that were not Christian. Instead, I would look for things that made me look better and made them look worse. To be honest, a lot of times what I would do is simply look at their bad or their brokenness or their sin, and I would kind of compare like they're messed up, but I have it all together. And how messed up is that to live a life like that? You see, the truth is, in any situation that we walk into, we have the opportunity to have incredible impact, to be able to plant some seeds. But first of all, we have to look at the good. We have to look at the good. Early on in the life of the jar, one of the things that we struggled with finding sometimes were musicians. And uh, we would try to look and we couldn't find any. And one day, uh, my wife Jennifer and I were with one of her friends and her boyfriend. And they introduced us to the boyfriend. And the boyfriend was just weird. Like, Really, really weird. Um, Very eccentric, uh, just kind of all over the place. And, um, you know, everyone kind of avoided him. And in my 20s, you know, this would have been a person in my early 20s I'd have had nothing to do with at all. But because we had started the jar and God had changed my life to see uh, the importance of widening my everyone, what I would do is I started building a relationship with them. And every once in a while, I would just get a few seeds and I would plant them uh, and I would see good uh, that was in him. And one of the things that we started doing is we would go to um, their house and, and I found out that this guy actually was a drummer and that he uh, was a drummer for a jazz band And my wife, Jennifer, and I, we started going to his gigs. And, uh, yeah, the pastor was in the bar, okay? And and I would go and I would be there. And and I was hanging out with him. And I built this relationship over time before finally uh, he actually started coming to the jar. And they got married and their life kind of turned around. And it was this huge impact that took place. And it wasn't rocket science, folks. I just found out the good that was in him, and I went ahead and I planted some seeds. 
Folks, I want to encourage you, whatever room you're in, look for the good. I mean, can you imagine what would happen if uh, you go to Walmart and you just look for good? When you go to Speedway, you just look for good. When you have a tendency to find people who are, you know, at your work, you look for good. I mean, you go into your boss's office and, all right, well, we can't look for good everywhere. No, no, no. Like even with your boss, you look for good. Just everywhere you go, you look for good and you plant the seeds. Now, planting seeds uh, is not the only process of looking for good, but we have to go a next step as well. And the next step is that we would actually then look for a need. We look for the good, but looking for the good is not enough. Then we have to go ahead and look for the need. We look for the good. We look for a need. There's a uh, woman in our church uh, who uh, is a businesswoman. And one of the things that she did for a long time was she didn't see the people that were around her who uh, were also owners of small businesses as people that she could plant seeds in. And so she would begin to start finding some needs, though, that were around there. And as she came to Christ, she had this tendency of being able to just go and to plant some seeds. And pretty soon, as she planted the seeds more and more, she would find needs within the small businesses that were around her, and she would start investing in them. And over time, there was this huge impact that took place kind of in their little uh, area, their little uh, outlet. And there were different people that were coming to Christ. And, And when I would talk to her, she'd say, well, it was just me looking for the good. And then she found the need. Now, I was so excited when these other people started coming to the jar. But you know what I was most excited about? For the person who actually took the seed and didn't keep it to themselves, but they generously shared it more and more with the people around them to where their lives were impacted. And I'm so grateful for each one of you who will take this message and not just say, wow, got real messy there on the stage. But they actually would go and they would start thinking wherever they're at, I'm just going to plant some seeds. I'm going to see the good. I'm going to find a need. And then next, I'm going to invite, invite someone. You see the good, you look for the good, you look for the need, and then you invite. Several years ago, some friends of ours uh, invited me to play on a bowling team. And the bowling team's name was the Gaston Guzzlers. So those of you that are from Gaston, hey, I'm just telling you, you got a cool bowling team you should be a part of. Now, as you know, though, if you think of the term Gaston Guzzlers, you would realize that bowling might not be the number one priority when you went to the bowling alley. And what would take place is I would go to church and then after church, I would go to the bowling alley and would be with my team. And I would watch as people guzzled and I would try to start looking for some good and I would find some good. And I would decide then that I would just plant a little bit of seed. 
And wherever I found good, I planted the seed. Now, what was interesting, I am a horrible bowler. Like, I am way bad. But if you have a really bad bowler on your team who has a really high handicap, when they bowl anything over 100, like, you win. And so they liked me very much so to be able to do that. And so we kept doing that, just kept planting seeds. Well, eventually... It came to me that we needed to find a need that we could actually reach. And so one of the things that I decided is that I would figure out what is the need of a bowler. And I figured out the need of a bowler was a bowling towel. And so we got this bowling towel. We put Gaston guzzlers on it. And we gave it to all hundred, uh, all the hundred people that were in the league. And at the time, our logo was right there, and we just passed it out to each person. Now, as I looked for the good, and as I looked for the need, I started inviting people on my team, and people on my team started coming. But what was even crazier is that there were people in this league who, when they got the towel and they were invited, they didn't come immediately, but over time they did. And there's a couple in our church who was extremely committed to our hospitality team. And I thought it was so cool uh, for you to hear their story. I said, how did you get connected to the jar? And this is what they said. We were at the Gaston Guzzlers Bowling League, and there was a church that did something that we thought a church would never do. And they gave us each one a bowling towel. And when we got that invitation, we said, we just have to check out this church. And they did that. And they've been coming every Sunday, almost every Sunday since. And it's been close to 10 years. Folks, this is all I want to say. I didn't do anything special or remarkable. I just went to a bowling league. And when I went to the bowling league, I saw the good and I planted some seeds. I looked for a need and I got a bowling towel and I gave it to some people, spent some money. And then I went ahead and invited some folks and then their lives were changed and there was impact that was made. You see, folks, The question that I simply have to ask you this morning is this. How wide is your everyone? Are you willing to plant seeds with people that you don't even maybe agree with, but they are important to God? And that you'd plant seeds, you would find good, you would find a need that you would invite them to come and to connect You know, we asked you a few weeks ago that you would think of three people to pray for. I pray that you are and that you're actually thinking now, hey, I've been praying for them for a few weeks. Now, you know, it comes the point of courage that you're actually going to plant some seeds. And and what would it look like? For them to come on October 24th to Anxiety Island, to have their anxiety reduced, for them to understand who the God of the universe is, and for their life to be changed. That in every place that you would do that. And so as you go through this week, that you find the good and you just throw some seed. And so you look for the good, you look for a need, 
You invite somebody and then you simply ask them, come and see. And that's the fourth step to an invitational lifestyle. You come and see. You see, throughout Jesus' ministry, he was always a seed sower. He would say, come and see. Oh, you're a prostitute? Come and see. Oh, you're a religious person? Come and see. Oh, you're rejected by the culture? Then come and see. And it was this language that he used that was so powerful. And it's a thing that I do with people all the time. I recently did this with my neighbors. I said, hey, just come and see. Check it out. Just come and see. Check it out. And for you to be able to have that same sense, to be able to say, hey, why don't you come just once, just one Sunday. That's all I asked for my neighbors. And then they came like four Sundays in a row. I'm like, whoa, just come and see. I look for the good. I look for a need. I invite them and I say, come and see. And I just plan it. It's really, really easy, folks. It's simple. It's not that hard. But here's the deal. You might plant some seeds and then all of a sudden you get rejected. And people say no and it's something that's different. And this is what I want you to realize. It is not your job on how they respond. That's not your responsibility. Your responsibility is simply to be generous with planting and sowing some seed. So, how wide is your welcome? How wide? That on October 24th, are you going to take the encouragement this week to be able to go, hey, I'll look for some good. I'll look for a need. I'll invite someone. I'll ask them to come and see. And what would happen... If we were so generous in the invitation that no one got ignored and they were able to come. And on on that day, there would be this impact that's so great that some of them, their lives might be changed for eternity because you were generous with giving your seed. My hope and prayer for each and every single one of us is that we would have the eyes of everyone or have the eyes of heaven to see that everyone is invited to the table and that we would just simply scatter some seed, scatter some seed, scatter some seed. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for your goodness to us. We thank you, God, for the way that you move in each of our lives. Father, thank you so much for choosing to have a relationship with us. Thank you for the people in our life who planted seeds long ago. And we were able to see you move in the midst of that. Thank you, God, for reminding us that everyone is invited. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord can be saved. Help us this week, God, to do our best inviting, to reach out to our coworkers, our neighbors, 
our friends, our family members. Help us to be passionate for people, to show them love. Help us to invite those three people that we've been praying for. Now give us the courage, God, to actually give an invitation. Help us to widen the welcome of everyone, to see the good, to meet the needs, to invite people to come and see. As we keep praying, the reality is is that for some of you, maybe there's a void in your life. Maybe as I've talked about this seed planting, you're like, I've never accepted the seed of Christ in my life. And yet maybe today's the day that you would do that. Maybe for those of you that are on the stream, you're, you're like, I need Jesus in my life. I need his strength in my life. I need his love. I need his grace. Uh, You're telling me, Chris, that everyone is invited. Uh, I get to be a part of the everyone. That's true. You do. Every single person. And so today, if you're ready to say, I need his love. I need his grace. I need a new start with him. I'm going to invite you in a prayer, but it's not a prayer that you pray by yourself, but we pray it together in community. So I'm going to invite you right now to simply Close your eyes and to, if you feel comfortable, repeating this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Make me brand new. I believe you died and rose again so I could live with you. Fill me with your spirit so I could know you, serve you, and follow you for the rest of my life. My life is not my own. Today I give it to you. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.